This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Dips inside and hits. Oh, what a, what a goal! Right, that is from Ross Wallace. Chris Waddle, is he going to have a crack? Oh, he does, he scores! Anything Paul Gascoigne can do, Chris Waddle can do. One by Stephen Fletcher, back towards Adam Rich! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. This week we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about the chairman, Mr. Deshpon Chansiri. Uh, we'll be looking back at his tenure at the club, giving our assessment on it so far. Seven and a half years ago he bought the club. Can't believe it was that long ago, to be honest. Uh, anyway, I'm James Mappin, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Mr. Opinionated himself, uh, Liam Russell. Uh, how are you, mate? You all right? Yes, I'm mate. Thank you. How are you? All right. Yeah, all uh, all good to be honest. Uh, yeah, just I'm missing the football. I mean, I know I know we've got uh, Grimsby to watch and what have you, but no, it's uh, I just want football to be on Champions League. Obviously, this is going out on Monday, so uh, Champions League will have happened. So have a have a Liverpool's one or Real Madrid, but uh, but yeah, after that, it's, there's not much there's not much left really, is there? Um, Giles, mate, how are you? We all right? Yeah, just about recovered after um, our epic game on on Monday. Yeah, I saw you celebrating, mate. Like that were passion. That is, uh... I, I think it was just more. Obviously, I'm passionate, aren't I? Um, as a person, but I think it was just more because of how the game was. It was just an unbelievable game, and the emotions and everything. Because you, let's be honest, you're getting into the last few seconds of the game. You're thinking that it's over. We're out. Then to score, it just gives you a lift, and then to score again in you know the last minute of extra time. It was, yeah. oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. It, I, I, I'd, I'd love to be in that away end when that last goal went. Well, when any of the two goals went in, to be honest, it looked uh, it looked crazy. Uh, anyway, it's not just uh, us three. We're also drafted in two of our patron members as well: Tom Blakely and Ben Chike. Uh, Tom, mate, how are you? All right? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, cheers yeah. for having me, mate. No worries, mates. And Ben, how's it going, pal? Yeah, Sam, mate. I see. I see you've changed your name on Zoom this time because yeah, what... yeah, I saw that. I saw that, and I thought. Yeah, I'm changing it to, to, to my name now. So I'm not calling you Sam this uh, this <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> all the way through. 
Yeah, good stuff. Right, let's kick things off. Um, kind of like, you usually get this at the end, but let, let's talk about kind of our overall assessment of uh, of Chan Siri during his time so far at, at Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, we'll go into more detail in you know various other bits and bobs that's that's been going on in the seven and a half years that, that he's been here. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. I mean, someone asked me the other day, they said, where would we be without Chan Siri? I think this was after the accounts came out and, you know, we'd obviously lose him, you know, half a million pound a week in that season uh, when we got relegated. Uh, and I just replied with probably still in the championship. And, and, I, and I do stand by that as well. Like, you know, you know, 2015, 2016 season, obviously got to, got to Wembley. It were amazing. The season after, obviously that were good. Got to the playoffs, although, you know, not as enjoyable as the season before. Um, you know, I still say that, Wembley, even though we didn't win, was an absolute amazing day and probably one of the best, you know, best days out, if you know what I mean, you know, from a football point of view in, you know, not the actual game, but you know what I mean. But but now we're in we're in a worse position than when we started. And that's for me, that's that's down to the chairman and the way that he's ran and running the football club. And I do honestly believe that. I mean, you can argue that he started to realise the mistakes that he's made and allowing to bring, you know, allowing more to bring in his own players you know kit manufacturers changed etc um, sponsors starting to come in but but there's still a hell of a lot of work that, that can be done especially when you look at some other clubs that um brentford as liam always came no, is keen to point out every uh every single week you know i think he's had the right intentions but i think he's just made bad decision after bad decision and and we're kind of paying for it now um liam what what, what do you think what's your kind of don't sit on the fence. Don't hold back. Hey, I'm not sitting on the fence. I'm pretty similar to you, to be fair. And I'd probably say throughout this episode, I'm probably going to say more negative things than positive things, to be honest. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty similar to you, to be fair. Um, but I'm sure we'll go through it in in order after we've gone through everyone. So Yeah, de- definitely. Go on then, Ben. What what Have you got any positive things you know can you can you you're you're normally quite a glass half full kind of person to be honest ben so are, are you can you see the positives in in what chance series at least tried to do at sheffield wednesday um i think we've had we've been there seven and a half years i think we've had one good year haven't we? and that was his first season so we've had one good year six and a half years so if that were, if that were a player or a manager they'd uh, um they'd have been long gone so yeah I, I tried to stick up for him as long as I possibly could. And I, I, you know, I, like I say, I try and be positive. And I, when you hear people saying things, but last, over the last few years, I just. Tom, what, what, what's your like overall thoughts then of, uh, of Chance here then so far? I've got one positive. What's that? New scoreboard. As soon as you come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must admit that. At least, at least you ain't got the shh tea anymore. Yeah. No. <laughs> Honestly, pretty much like yourself, mate. If you if you summarise it very quickly in a snapshot, the reason we got relegated was because it's mismanagement of funds and doing things the wrong way. And we, we I, I believe, if Stuart Gray didn't go, so we're talking way back now, if Mandrich was still in charge um, or another another uh, more football wise owner, I don't believe we'd be where we are today. Um, he's, he's had good intentions. He's just been advised horrendously. And I think it's within their culture to give people chances and, and try and be loyal to, to their friends. And I think he's been, I think he's 
been mugged off a few times by certain individuals working behind the scenes. And what I personally think is the football people within the club hasn't stood up and said something to him and been more forceful because there's people within the club who are still there, who know football, who know recruitment, and they've not gone and said, this this person or this team are advising you incorrectly. And that, that's the downfall. If you look at everything, as you mentioned, we've not really turned a profit on any player. I think for three or four years on the spin, we spent 14, 15 million purely on transfers. And the, re- the return is pennies compared to that. I think we've got Jao, Reese Wiggins and Jack Hunt that we got money for. And across them, you probably got six million. And that's been generous. A few hundred grand for Reese Wiggins, Jack on one and a bit, Jow four maybe, and we just keep you just keep throwing money at something that's not working. Um, so he's arse in the right place, but I think there's more than just there's more than just him to blame. That's my opinion. Yeah, Giles, like we've never met the chairman. Like we've only seen him from afar, and in recent years, never even seen him. Obviously, you know with COVID and stuff like that. You you've actually met him, haven't you? You've met the chairman when you were there, like briefly. What's he? What's he like as a as yeah. a person and, and what have you? It was very briefly, like like I said before we um, we went live. It was obviously I was injured in November. He took over in January. Um, he took all the all the squad and you know all the staff to to Piccolino's uh, and 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 spoke to us. And he came across very well. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I liked what I heard. Uh, and that's really all I I really had of him because then of course I went on loan to, to Bolton. Uh, but yeah, I'm, listen, I've I've heard all of your all of your views, and I'm a little bit. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I'm more the other side. I'm more positive, and I think actually I've got some sympathy for him, and I think mm-hmm. he's actually done well. And people might not you know like to hear that, or might think that you know they're a bit surprised at what I'm saying. But let's think where we were when I was at the club. Obviously, we got promoted to from League One to the Championship. We had to try and sustain the Championship and stay in there because we didn't really have the funds to uh, to really compete with the top teams in that league. Yeah, and we stayed in the league, right? Chancery's taken over and he's splashed the cash. Yes, I could. I completely understand when people said he's been advised wrongly. It seems, which a hundred percent he has. Which for me, it's not really down. That's that's not really his fault though, because he's not. When he came into the club, he wasn't a football man. Well, that's how it comes across anyway. So he didn't really know what it was like to really take over a, a football club. He obviously had a lot of money, and he wanted to invest and put his money into something. He's bought a football club. He's then, I think, like Tom said, was he's uh, got some friends or got some other people, you know, to help him, which seemed like. They didn't have a clue and they probably stung him a bit. That's how it seems. We might be wrong, but that's how it looks from the out from yeah. the outside. Um, but I think his intentions are all good and all for the club. He, he wants to succeed. And by succeeding, he's tried to put the money in early on. And let's be honest, it nearly worked. It changed the team. It changed Sheffield Wednesday. From what we were to when he came in, it changed completely, drastically. We got much better players. Yeah, okay, we, we paid players maybe too much money. But if we had to listen to compete, the chairman thought that to get the players we need, we needed to 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 try and compete at you know at the top end of the league, he had to spend big 
to get the likes of Fletcher, Hooper, Bannon, you know, Forest, so, Forestieri. Forestieri, yeah. yeah. Let's think of all the players that we had, top, top players. So I don't know. I, I think it's harsh that fans are battering him. Of course, going later on, he obviously splashed the cash. It didn't work. We kind of obviously then took a bit of a back seat. We had financial problems, but he tried. He, he, he tried to succeed, right? And, and it didn't work, but I don't think it was all, you know, for him to, to be blamed at all. Just, I just personally think, right, I get he might have had friends as advisors and whatever else, but is the bloke not supposed to be a businessman? Yeah, but there's, there's, if you're if you're a businessman, you get people in now to run the business that you've got. If you don't know how to do it, yeah, but it's 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 one thing being a businessman, but you know you're being a businessman in the, in football. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And you know what? They, it, it looks like they they don't know what the football industry's like. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you want to be successful at something, surely you hire someone who knows how to do football. <laughs> 100%. And, and that, that's where he's probably gone wrong a little bit. But yeah, that's yeah. not completely his fault in the sense of he's coming is into it, it. Is it not? He's, into, well, he's no, the it, man in charge. It is, but he's obviously the people around him thought that they knew. So he's trusted the people. Mm, because we know what football's like. Football's, I get it. Football's snaky. I'll be honest with you. Football's very, very snaky. So when when you're a chairman, he's in his head, he's thinking, I want to, you know, you know, put that on to people that I trust. And I'll take advice from people I trust rather than coming out of the bubble and not knowing the person. You know what I mean? It's, it's very, very difficult. Yeah, I just, think, I just also think, like, I don't know, and this is just here, you know, we're not there, so we don't know. But I believe over the last however many years, seven years, there's been quite a few advisors come and go, some very quickly. And it just seems to me that when they did maybe get a decent advisor in, he didn't want to take the advice off someone who maybe does actually know a bit more than we don't him really or know. his friends or whatever else. So I think, and I don't know, I might be wrong, know. but. I mean, really I mean one know. thing I would say is that, you know, when he came in and when he was throwing the money around, not one fan was, saw that as a problem. Like, you know, it were great, weren't it? Like you said, Giles, you know, when we were, that football that we played in 2015, 16 season, you know, we were at, we were like the surprise outfit, you know, playing attacking football. I mean, some of the some of the goals we've scored, some of the wins that we'd had, you know, then to get into the playoffs and everything and the game at Bright, all, all them sort of things. You know, we were loving it that we had Forestieri up front and, you know, uh, like I said, Fletcher and Hooper and, and all, all these sorts of players. It were it were brilliant, but, you know, hindsight's, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I'm just, I'm just going to um, read some of the messages out that we've had from the um, from our members' WhatsApp group as well. Just, you know, ask the question, you know, what, what did you think to, the, uh, to Chan Series' tenure so far? Um, Dan's put, I think he starred well, gambled heavily on getting promoted in the first two seasons, had some absolute clowns advising him, or I think were rinsing him uh, money out of him. Bloke didn't have a clue about football. Club seems to be better run better now he's not involved as much um got one from adam as well can't blame him for the start he made at the club spent some money to freshen up the stadium which was de desperately needed and put good money into building a squad worthy of recognition but uh, brought in a risky manager that paid off and ended up 90 minutes away from the promised lands in his first season had carlos not overthought the game at wembley changed our lineup to suit hull um 
you know, that's a different story. Uh, as it is, when things went downhill fast, the cure to failure appeared to be more money, but wasted on silly signings, on silly money, finances going unchecked ultimately led to our downfall. There's some more that I'll, I'll probably read a little bit um, later Sorry, on. Sorry, I was just um, going to interrupt you there quickly. Sorry. Another thing that I think has killed him massively is the managers that have come in. Because the managers that have come in that he's brought into the club over the last four years, yeah, they're not mugs. The managers he's brought in aren't shit managers. Hmm. And we might think they're shit because they've done bad at, at Sheffield Wednesday, right? But let's go through them. Poulis, not a bad manager because he wouldn't have been at that level for that long if he was a bad manager, okay? Yeah. Next one, who was it? Was it Monk? So, so it was. So it was actually. So the, the Carlos, and then it was Lukai. Lukai Sorry, came in. Lukai, yeah. So he took a bit of a gamble on that one. Yeah. Because obviously, but, but I can see why. Because Carlos came in, a foreign manager, done so well. So in his head, as a chairman, you're thinking, well, I want to stick maybe to the foreign, the foreign yeah. managers because Carlos it's did so for well me before. Yeah. yeah. And that one didn't work out, and he probably would hold his hands up and say, "Yeah, I fucked up on that one." Right. Well, I suppose he changed his tack then, didn't he? Because then he went for then he went for Bruce. So he's gone for went an for English Bruce. manager. Yeah. Let's be honest. Top manager. People Book might yourself. not say it, but a very, very good manager. And to uh, and to get Bruce at Sheffield Wednesday when he's majority of the time he's been in the well, he's got promoted out of the championship many times and and been a manager in the Premier League. It's it, it's a very, very good appointment in my eyes. Yeah, if it weren't for Newcastle turning his head, then who knows where we could have been right now? I I, I thought you know as as much as everyone thinks he's a snake now and everything, and I could probably think exactly the same. But you know um, it, that yeah, you can't really. Point point blame on on chance here if, uh, for Bruce and then yeah after Bruce it was Monk Monk okay Monk was a bit a, a one where he maybe thought well his record in the championship wasn't too bad he thought you know he, he probably interviewed him and thought he came across quite well he was respected obviously I know he had at Middlesbrough he had a, quite a, a few things going on um, with agents or something didn't he James I yeah think. there was that something but. But that's irrelevant, really. But with Monk, that's probably one where it was a bit like, oh, even fans were like, mm, not yeah, sure. We were, how I were second or third at one point. I can remember we were at Bristol City that we beat, and we went. Yeah, I'm sure we went awesome. second uh, at that point, and uh, yeah, it kind of wheels fell off <laughs> after yeah. after that, yeah, and, and then yeah, obviously, yeah. It, and then it was Pulis after uh, after Monk again. But you listen again. These these are all managers that are that are, are known. We're not getting any mugs in. And the managers, Poulis, whatever you say, I don't know what happened with Poulis at the club, but it was a disaster. It was, I don't really know the insides, but that was a disaster. Yeah. And that, I think Poulis is, Poulis coming into the club killed the chairman. Killed the chairman. I'll be honest with you, because it, he, he appointed him and he was terrible. Poulis was terrible. One, and Poulis one, one win in 10 games it was. It was what one in ten. One win in ten, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not good enough for a club like for Wednesday. I'll be honest with you. It's not good and enough for a for manager like Poulis. <laughs> yeah, and of course, as a manager like Poulis, who's well respected, he'll be turning, of course, saying it's not my fault. You know, the players aren't good enough, or the chairman's not giving me enough money. You know how managers are always going to try and worm their way to thinking it's not them, right? That's how yeah. managers do. He had he had walked into a shit show. To be fair to him, <laughs> yeah. at that point, Poulis had. Yeah. Yeah. Well. In his defence, maybe he did a little bit, but still, I'm not. I'm not backing. He still, him he still I, had some half decent players. I think. He? I think he was like half the players that were still on wage book. He thought, here we go, little payday <laughs> towards the end of my career. Yeah. I don't know. When Poulis came in, I thought, oof, it's not a bad appointment. I'll be honest with you. I thought, 
maybe he maybe that's you know someone who Sheffield Wednesday needed at the time. Yeah, because we we were in dire straits, weren't we? To be fair, at that yeah. at that point, you know, everyone had kind of resigned as fact to 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 going down. Ben, I just want to ask you a question. What what do you think Chancery's aim was when he uh, when he took over at Sheffield Wednesday? What do you think his ultimate goal was? Like, I mean, for me, I think honestly, I think it was buy a football club, spend all this money that I've got, and I'll get to the Premier League, and then the club will be worth. I don't know, five, six, seven times more than what I've than what I've paid for it. Um, that was that's my initial thoughts. What what were what were your thoughts? Like, what what did you think his his plan was? Uh, well, I think I think his plan were to get to get out of the championship that like first season because he put all his eggs in. Well, not put all his eggs in one basket, but he he, he tried. He put, he put nine out of ten in, didn't he? To be fair. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, he probably did put all his eggs in one basket to get out of it. To get out of the league, and um, I don't, I don't, I don't think he was. I don't think he's the type of person to do with like a quick fix. Or I've got to Premiership two or three years and then sell it. I think he's. I think he he is a, a man who's probably wants to be around for a long time. And he said he'd, he'd want it to to be left for his son dinner. Do you know what I mean? Pass it on sort of thing. I think they they, they, they like that sort of stuff. Um, his culture, get things and they make money, and then you, you keep him in family and stuff. So. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, what, I, think, I think that was his aim to to get us to promised land. And what about you, Tom? Do you think it was as, as cut as cut and dry as what I thought of just get there and sell it, or do you think he, you know, do you think he had the right intentions? Well, he's a businessman first and foremost, and if you buy something at X value and invest Y, and then you can return three or four times as much as what you've put in, you're going. You're going to sell up, as as you can see what's happened at Newcastle, perfect example. But then he's gone and sold up and made loads and loads of money. So that that's yeah. I just thought he'd come in, have a, have a play around with real life football manager owning the club, and then obviously then uh, selling up. But I just want to go back onto what Giles said about the managers, and I think he made a really good point there of going through who the managers were. And if you look at the flow of it, obviously we had Carlos, who was exciting, foreign, charismatic. We loved him. Then obviously, Josh Lukai came in, absolutely terrible. Um, Ryan was on the wall there when uh, the chairman did some open fans forums. Uh, I don't know if anybody went to one of them, but I, I did. And on the day of one of the forums, during the day, he went to the training ground behind the manager's back and spoke to all the players and said, what's going off? So he's yeah. done that. They've all given his opinion. He's done the forum in the evening. Day after, look how sacked. So he'd already made his decision before he sat in front of a few hundred fans, echoing what the players had already said earlier, saying, he's no good, get him out. So that's that one there. With Who came after that? Sorry, apologies. Bruce. Steve Bruce, right. Steve Bruce come in. Everybody loved him. I wouldn't call him a snake. I wouldn't say... A bad word about him. The reason being is his team is Newcastle. So put into perspective, if you manage Peterborough, you're doing quite well with Peterborough. You, you're in the top end of, let's say, what League One or the Championship. Sheffield Wednesday coming for you in a higher division. You support Sheffield Wednesday. What are you going to do? You've got no emotional attachment. He's not a snake at all. I don't know why people are calling him a snake. But listen, I you know agree with that. Like I don't think he is. is. I, I think I think he's. I think it's more how it all, how it all came about. How the you know he uh, he came to the club and then 
it went, it went off to the other side of the world to watch cricket for a couple of months or whatever it were, and we and we had to have his you know assistance as manager for the first yeah, but, five or six but I heard games. That was and... Because that was, that was already booked before yeah. we took the job, right? Yeah, you know, it was he was he was booked with his dad, and his dad passed away, and that's yeah, why yeah. he went. So that, that was already part of it. That was sort of. I think, I think that's why fans. I think you know that's what fans think. You know that we we stuck behind him. We've allowed him to. You know that not not you no know, not every single chairman or club would perhaps do something like that, and then and then he goes and do does what he's what he's done. I think that. I, mean, I don't think he's a snake. Like, There's no you know, in football. There's no, 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 no Well, no. Steve no. Bruce. Yeah, let's just think about it. Steve Bruce. Go on. Blades Wednesday, Sunderland Newcastle. Villa, Newcastle, uh, Villa, Birmingham, West Brom. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no there... loyalty in football because the same way a manager like Sunderland as well. Is he manager Sunderland? Yeah, yeah, Sunderland, Newcastle. Sunderland, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the same way managers leave, right? If if they get, you know, snapped up, is the same way that a chairman would sack a manager. So if he's got like like Tom said, if he's got an opportunity to go to a club that he loves in a higher league, he forget it's even that is. Let's forget it's even a club that he. It means something to him. Imagine even a Premier League club still comes in and uh, you know and wants to wants to take you. It's still in the Premier League as a manager. Oh, you yeah. want to manage in the Premier League. I so think re- all this snake rubbish that people. I think I think realistically, when you look at it, there's no you know realist you know if you think about it logically, you don't question it. But at the time, I was massively like what James was saying. I know it was all agreed this that and the other, but it was announced he signed. We've let him swan off on holiday. His assistants will come in and run it. We've given him a bit of compassionate leave. When did he take over, even, Before he's even started. <laughs> when did he take over the job? He got appointed when? Just the end of, the end of, yeah, the, the back end of the 18-19 season. And they took they took care. He he got appointed, but then his, his assistant came and ran however many games it was. I don't know. Anyway, but I, I get it. I don't. You know, you might call him a snake, and it's a bit of a laugh. But realistically, looking at it, you don't you don't knock him. I get what you're saying, but I can understand the fans having a bit of. John, you know I do honestly think, like you know, if we if he stayed, a kick in the bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, like if Bruce would have stayed, I, I I seriously think we we wouldn't have been in this sort of situation where we are now. I know there's all the the finance stuff and and what have you, but I you know I, I think you were getting a tune out of those players, weren't you? And I think Monk, 100%, 100%. Monk kind of carried that on a little bit. And like I said, and we were, we got up to whatever we were second or whatever in the in the league, and then yeah, this all all fell apart, didn't it? Really, but it were it were it were doing something that it was Hypoth- doing right. Hypothetical, but do you think if Monk came in and was like when Moore came in, do you think he'd do an all right job? What, in League One? In League One. Out of the, after that shitstorm has passed and we've had to fob everyone off because we've just had to do it, we've had to release everyone because of money, because we've gone down, whatever. I don't know, it's a difficult one to say that, isn't it? It's, uh... I know it's hypothetical and it's a bit like, well... <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just funny that he's not had a manager. He's not had a, a manager's job since uh, since leaving Sheffield Wednesday as well, which is a, a bit odd. Just, um, just a quickie. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah go no, on. I keep it because obviously I keep thinking of things in my head. <laughs> no, mate, keep keep <laughs> going, mate. Keep going. Which ones? Uh, sorry, which one have you said about the tickets that you were pissed off because he put the ticket prices up? That would be then. No, no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't pissed off. I, I renew on the Thursday. I can sixth of March, seventh of March. I renew. I just think that pissed off a lot of other 
people. Do you know what but I mean? When was that? That's what I wanted to ask. When when did he put the ticket? Was it in after what? COVID? Well, no, well before that. Pretty well much before COVID. Oh, okay. That's what I just wanted to ask. Because I thought if it was yeah. after COVID, then you know it was hard for everybody through COVID. So maybe that's one of the reasons why he did it. But if it was before, then yeah. Oh mate, they've always been high, pretty much they've since he's high, yeah. since the since the first season when he probably thought we're gonna go up the following season because we nearly yeah, made I don't, it. I don't oh, think it changed okay. much then, did it first season? They've been change much. I think my season ticket were were same from the season before, and then obviously it went up. And I think match day, you know, if you pay on the gate, some of them were just ridiculous prices, weren't they? Like yeah, like so, seven, so he's been there seven years, right? Chancy. Seven and a half years. Yeah, seven and a half years. So in seven and a half years, from when he first took over to now, what's the difference in price for season tickets? How much more has it gone up? Uh, well, I, I moved from cop to um, north, so mine on north's five five hundred and fifty-five. So I think they might have gone up hundred quid. So what would that be percentage-wise? Like, I might be dumb here. What is it? Here, here we go. Here we go. Then twenty fifteen sixteen season. So that's the that's the first season that like the first full season, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, early bird prices. Tickets price tickets start at three hundred and ninety-five pound. That'll be on that'll be on the cop that as well, won't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So three hundred and ninety-five quid on cop. <clears throat> How much is it now on on cop? Um, I think I paid four. I paid four hundred, but I missed the first. I didn't get it straight away, so it might have been three hundred and fifty-ish first. All right. Okay. So prices what? are. So it's still the same. From no, twenty fifteen sixteen, yeah. But we're a division lower, don't forget. It did. They did come down. <laughs> no, to be fair to him, they did come down. I think for this season when we went down. But then, but then the last price, the last price now, if you were to buy one now, is probably way higher than. Yeah. Okay. So then that's my point, right? The last After price. COVID, I know COVID's been, you know, what we've just come out of it, maybe a year. But then you've got to see he's, he's thinking of ways of maybe re- recouping money. I get that, but at the same time, it's been hard on the fans as well. But it's been hard on everyone in in, in life. Well, yeah, <laughs> just fans. Let's be honest. Everyone, everyone's struggling because prices are going up, not just in football, in the world. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think the more, I think the the ticket stuff was more before we came down. It was the issues. Well, was that's what I said. If it was, then that's fair enough. Then I uh, that, then obviously I understand your point. So just, I'm, just, I'm, just looking, just, I'm just looking here, the, the season before, 2014-15, it doesn't tell me exactly, but I've worked out £430 on, on the cop for a season ticket. Um, that was, was that the last price? The thing is, because it goes up in stages, it's... It says here that the cost is £18.69 uh, a game for adults. So £18.69, 23 games is £430. What were the, what were the season when we got relegated? What do you mean? What the we price that, for a season? Ticket, well, that yeah. were, they were COVID, weren't it? When we got relegated, so I don't didn't know. The what season the, start? Didn't the season start there? Or was that the season before? I'm not, I'm not too. I'm not too sure. But I go on, go on, Tom. Go on, Tom. You're going to say something. All I'm right? going to say is um, the the season. One of the early seasons where we played Villa at home. One of the first games at seasons, we won one nil. Uh, Forest Airy scored. He didn't celebrate. It was that time when he took everything out of Pram. Um, just a question to Giles really because obviously with him, with him being a footballer uh, probably still got friends in the game so he can probably get tickets here, there and everywhere how much would you expect to pay to watch Wednesday versus Villa in the Championship 
sat on the north or south, just just out of interest, what what would you expect to pay per ticket? £40. Right, it was 50 quid a ticket to to watch Wednesday versus Villa. Mm -hmm. That that was the big shock from when, that that was the jump of, on just a match day ticket, to either get in it before or turn up on the turnstile. I think it was just shy of 50 quid, 48 quid or something, to sit on the south to watch a championship game of football. Which is probably a lot of money, I'll be honest with you. Well, you put that into perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, just for example... As you know, I've been to a few Man City games this season. Yeah. So Champions League's 30 quid. Uh, category B game. So if they're playing someone like Southampton, Everton, it's 35, 40 quid for an adult. And that is elite level football. So that's the, the comparison that I'm putting into it of. Yeah, that's a fair point. And don't get me wrong, when he first came in and we had Forestieri, Hooper, Fletcher, and we're playing your likes for Aston Villa, who had Grealish playing for him and players like that. You didn't mind paying a little bit more than the norm, but when you put it into perspective of 50 quid a ticket, and if you've got Ben, who's I know he's got a kid or or, or, or several, I'm not too many, you had it, you had everything up of a program, maybe a drink. Yeah. You're looking at 150 quid for it. No, no, it's ridiculous. But this is my this is, what is all, the thing is all with the Man City comment. Man City could afford to pay for their fans to go to games for free and and it will yeah. matter. That, yeah. you know, think- we're, we're a little bit different to I get, I get what you're saying on that. I'm just trying to compare. Yeah. That's just the only example that I've but got. Thing, has yeah, anyone ever yeah. brought that up in the forum? Any oh. fans ever put that and, and given that scenario? Probably a million times. The problem you've got, and right. What does he say? What does the chairman say when a fan would say that to him about Man City, elite football, £30 a ticket, but yours are £48? What would the chairman come back and say to that? Well, for a long time, I don't think he really cared, to be honest. Otherwise, he'd have changed but, it. But if a fan said it to him, what's his comeback? So. What I mentioned earlier that I went to the fans forum after obviously he had that meeting with the players and in that forum, the fans were saying, why is everything so expensive? And he said, basically, he said, we've got to go about this two ways. We either invest money into the club, buy better players and pay the wages, or we go down the youth level where we don't charge the fans a lot of money for tickets, but we'll just bring the academy players through. That 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 was his that was his answer. And what so, do the fans so, want? So then Ben's really got a bit of a point, right? That the Man City chairman's obviously loaded; they can yep. afford to do it. Where you can see now, the chairman of Sheffield Wednesday, he's obviously thinking more business you know, level headed, business mind, thinking, well, I, I haven't got the money Man City and all that have got, yep. so we still need to recoup money some way to to bring in better players to help afford the wages. Which then I can kind of understand but, where the chairman's do, coming from as well. But, but do you not think if you sold each ticket at twenty quid, got more people in the ground, made more money on the bar, more money in the food stands, more money on programs, more money in the shop? Huddersfield have got quite. It doesn't really work like that, does it? Because well, even, it does. If you've got more people in the ground, they're going to no, spend no, more money how in much, the tins. Let's be honest, in, we, we, how many how many fans do we get already? What do you really think? Well, what, if the uh, tickets are twenty pounds. We're going to get more fans. And one of the. Well, you're going to get more than if you're charging 50 quid, and we were averaging about 19,000 at one point. Do you know what the, pro- you know what the problem is with the, with <laughs> the season, tickets? I think we were averaging 24,000. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not on about this season or about before when they were higher. Yeah. Do you know the, do you know the, prob- do you know the problem with the, with the prices and the tickets? I've thought about this for many seasons, is that obviously you can think what you want, you know, with the whole 10 season, you know, 10 year season ticket and the three and four year season tickets and what have you. The fact that People have bought those. You can't then really net then start going 
changing the the, the prices because if you bought a four year season ticket, it works out at I don't know three hundred quid or three hundred and fifty quid for a season ticket. You can't then go flogging them at two hundred and fifty quid because then then people that bought three or four years are going to be like. What about me? I've, I'm paying rate. I'm paying way too much money. So, and then then people that paid 10, 10 year season tickets. I mean, the, the prices aren't going to be any lower for a long, long time unless he gives all them people all the money, all the money back. That's where, that's where I see it. Look in the conference, Grimsby tickets. I bought a few Grimsby tickets. Right, it's twenty pounds. Yeah, and that's in the conference. Twenty pound. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like for a big what's, what's club the... in the conference. Grimsby is a big club in the conference, right? Yeah, yeah, but. Sheffield Wednesday is a big club in League One. So you, for me, you can't really expect the tickets at Sheffield Wednesday to be 20, 25 pounds. No, to, to, be, to be fair, this season, they weren't that bad, I don't think. They were mm. about, some of them were 26 quid for the cop, which isn't bad. No, I'm, I'm more on about... When he first came before in. Before we came down. Not even when he first came in, the few seasons before. And yeah. all that shit is because of what happened in the first, second season. And I get it. But if that had been managed better, it wouldn't have upset the fans as much. Is yeah. Maybe, again, that comes down to who advising him here. And, it, and it, in the first couple of years, that's where the big mistakes were made because of the people that were advising him. And yeah. I think that's where your point is, right? Talk, talk about like uh, people advising and whatever. Let's just let's just skip on to uh, the, the the money and, and the players that we've uh, that we've brought in because um, I'd have done a bit of research and I, I didn't realise that you know when you look at the numbers, it's it's quite alarming when you when you look at it. I'll just quickly quickly run through. So the, the first full season that he came in, you look at the players that we signed. Uh, Forest the area, we've already mentioned him, Hooper. Uh, they were both 3.7 and 3.5 million pounds reportedly. Um, Matthias as well. I didn't realise he cost as much. 2.8 million. Lucas Joao, 2.5 million. You know, spending spending a lot of money. I mean, obviously Bannon, Hunt, and Wallace. They they all came in on a on a free. Um, I think he brought in 19 players that season, including uh, including loans. Which is you know you think we think last season were. A lot with 16 or 17 players and and it was you know kind of the same when Chancery come in 13 or no, nearly 14 million pounds spent in that in that transfer window the following season Adam Reach five nearly five and a half million Alman Abde oh my god 3.25 million on uh on a player that played about four games um that's not the chairman's fault though no no no, his, no no uh, it's, it's, it's not but I'm just saying like I'm just talking about on, the money how many games did he play yes. what Alman, Alman Abde yeah, well, including including subs. Yeah, it's just this year I've just got appearances, so that'll include subs. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say twelve, twenty, twenty. Oh wow! One goal, zero assists. Where did he score? Forest. Yeah, in that gold <laughs> kit, in that gold kit, in it. I think that white yeah. and gold kit. Oh, white and gold with, kit. With regards to the figures, though, like Jar said, we you cannot blame any player for what they're paid or what they're valued at. And it's a vicious circle. Everything that we've spoke about so far, it all goes back to, to paying the players' wages. And it's where them players have originally come from. And who's told Chancery to buy them players? Yeah. There's no way on God's green earth he's gone down that list and gone, oh, I know who he is. I know who he is. We're going to sign him. Yeah. I mean, look at the, you look at the following season. Manager as well, though, right? Yeah. You look at the following season, Jordan Rhodes, 10.5 million. Uh, Van Arken two and a half million as well. So the point is that, that them three seasons there, he spent what tw- thirty five, nearly thirty five million pounds. But then when you look at the return in terms of how much money, you, you've had a look at this, haven't you, Liam? Go on, give, give us the numbers. Well, since he's taken over, include this is including like I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's including like last year, 
academy players as well who have been released. But we've released oh, 97 players have left the club. In the seven years. In seven years. And we've got fees for 13, it reckons. So Stevie May, 1.1 million. I don't know if that's true. I can't remember. We should, we should be locked up for committing a crime there. Cause... <laughs> yeah, one, uh, one, one point one, you know, one million, would it? Like, Reece, one, one. like you said before, Reese Wig, uh, Wiggins, is it? Yeah, two hundred and sixty k. Jack Hunt, when we sold him first time, one and a half mil. Zhao five, five mil. Jordan Thornley, Ash Baker, Conor Grant, Liam Shaw, Yoragide. They were all. I think they were all tribunal jobbies. So, yeah, um, less less than half a million. At two two hundred thousand to three fifty max. Um, Borner, one hundred thirty-five k. Uh, Andre Green, they reckon we got a fee for, and added in. Yeah, when I mean, you look at that, like we, we've been talking about football being a business and stuff, and then him, him being a businessman, and that just doesn't really, it doesn't really match up does it really because we, we had we had bids for some players didn't we Tom yeah so like, obviously Forestiera they were always sniff, they were always teams sniffing around Bannon um, yeah I just you, yeah, you that's wonder that's the only negative I'd say Tom the, sorry go for it Giles sorry, that's the only negative I'd say about him when it comes to him selling players he's he, he seems and he comes across very stubborn yeah and there was times where he could have let Forestieri go for money. There was times where he could have let, you know, some of the young players offered them deals so they didn't just go for free. I think, uh, who was it? The young Yo, boy yes. that went, he went to Celtic as well, didn't he? Two of them. Oh, Aragida. Yeah. Two young boys sure. went to Celtic where he could have offered contracts and maybe got some money for them. Yeah. Um, so I think... He, there's loads, there's loads in... There's loads, yeah, there are loads. And that's where I, that's where I'll calm down on him and be negative and think, you know what? That's where you fucked up. I'll be honest, because of your stubbornness. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it as well. Um, I've lost my train of thought. Sorry, I was thinking, I was off thinking one thing because what I was going to say was I did look at squad size each year and how many left as well. So if you look at like 15, 16, squad size thirty six, fifteen left that season, uh, sixteen, seventeen, squad size forty one, four left. Uh, next season, 38, nine left, 41, 41. Whereas, you know, you look now it's like 26, 27. Yeah, it's not very big at all. It's, We've got rid of everyone, haven't we? And like on that 19, 20 season, 15 left. And Zhao, Thornley and Ash Baker. So what? 12 of them left on a for Noel. And then yes. the following season, 23 left. The year that Forest, yeah, that was... 20 to 21, 23 players left. And there yeah, was lots only... Of, lots, lots of turnover. Sorry, just talking about Forestieri, and obviously he had that great season, that first season. Do you think it would have... And I know in Newcastle, people say they're coming for 10 million or whatever they're coming for. Do you think it would have been a wise thing to sell him after we lost at Wembley, but then we were going to try and go for promotion again? I mean, and I must just, admit, at the, at the time, when I, when I heard that it was going to be... You know, looking all... back now, you think, yeah, we should have sold him because we didn't yeah. go anyway. But, but, but at the, the time, yeah, the time I thought it'd be a bit of a risky move to sell him. I'd, I'd have thought if you, 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 you top, if it was ten million, it's a lot of money. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I, I get yeah, that. If we're talking about two, three, four million for Forest Theory, then I'd be saying no because mm. you know 
we want him. He's, he's done really well. We want him for next season. But if someone's coming in with 10 million for a championship player, but he's fine like for the most. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think you should be able to get players that can help. 100%. 10 million, 10 million pounds to, 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 to buy some players to try and help you get out of that league. It's a the lot sc- of money, mate. The scary money. thing there, though, is we sell, obviously looking back now, you'd have said, yep, yeah, sell him. However, if the chairman and his advisors and the manager at the time was given a war chest of 10 million pounds to spend <laughs> on players based on the recruitment that we went forward with after, after obviously that saga went on, God knows what would have signed. Because we've already gone, you mentioned Alman Abde. There's so many players. Jordan Rhodes. Yeah, Jordan Rhodes, Juice Van Aken. Uh, Sam Winnall. There you go. All these are flops. The yeah. top and bottom of it, they've, they've not done it <laughs> when they've come in. So yeah. if we'd have gave them same people that money, Christ knows what would have come in. Do you know what? That, that's why, like last season, I think it were a blessing in disguise that we had no money to spend, you know, we've had to just get people on free and, and what have you. And I believe you can, you can probably get out of league one. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, spending a great deal of money, to be perfectly honest. So, Look what Luton's uh, done. Luton got in playoffs. I think their wage budget was something like three million or something minimal. Do you know what? They've done it through good man management and clever recruitment. Mm. Yeah, def- definitely. Fair, that, what, what's happened, Wheels could have been a it could be good for Chancery, do you know what I mean? One minute he would be able to do what he wanted, when he wanted, buy what he wanted, whereas now he can't. So it, it might, he's got to reverse his kind of his kind of thinking and start from bottom and work his way up rather than trying to start from top. Yeah. In, do you know what I mean? In hindsight, Ben, do you, do you think like not letting players go was a, I mean, you asked the question, but I'll ask the question back to you. Do you think it was a mistake? And, um, is, you know, but like like you said at the time, I suppose you didn't really think it was, did you? For, for certain players, yeah. I, I just like, I just think, like, I think someone like Forestieri, like Carlos, were probably wanting to do everything around him. Like Bannon now, do you know what I mean? We want to do everything around Bannon, do you know what I mean? And you keep holding your best player. And I think after that one season, I think that's what Forestieri was. Sorry, Carlos. I think I was think Carlos he was. Still in charge? Yeah, Carlos was in charge. Was was, was Carlos in charge when Forestieri had the bids and there was rumours about him going for ten million? Yeah, yeah. Because it was, it was only second season. It, yeah, it was second season because he. So, so really, Carlos, but you think Carlos the way he the way he is and the way he was in the first season as a manager, right? You'd think if he was just selling for ten million, surely Carlos in his head were thinking, bloody hell, ten million. I know a few players that I can get that can do good. But, yeah, yeah, but what but what I'm saying, I, I think he was wanting to do everything around Forestieri. Do you know what I mean? He wanted to. He was his main man, and he wanted to keep him. And if he went, 
uh, fuck everything up. Yeah, yeah, maybe. He was, having, he was, he was playing well, weren't he? To be fair, I mean, to be... Yeah, to... Leading goal scorer, he scored, he scored seven, I don't, I don't know, top name, but they get 15 goals that season. Yeah, it was. His first season. <laughs> and, and I think, like I say, when someone comes in for your talisman, yeah, you you want to you want to keep holding him. Do you know what I mean? But that's that's just my opinion. For me, so at that at that moment in time, with obviously regards to the recruitment process, what was what was happening was obviously the first season went quite quite well, and it was his advisors who was telling the club what players to buy. It was given mm-hmm. given a list to the manager and saying this is what's available. So if one of them, so this is this is one hundred percent factual. Manager wants X player goes to Chancery and his advisors. They say, let's have a look at this player. Now, if there is no monetary benefit for said advisors and agents to go for that player, the advisor would then offer similar players in positions where they would benefit from. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was true, actually. I, I, I spoke to a player. Uh, I'm not so there was a player. Right. I'm not going to say his name, but he moved from one Yorkshire club to another one. And we, we wanted him. Which Sheffield Wednesday wanted to buy him. So the, the manager went to the to the chairman and the advisor and said, I want this player. They did their bit in the background, come back and said, an excuse, we can't afford him, his wages, he didn't want to come, whatever was said. However, here's a list of certain players in that position who are available. The list cons- consisted of players where the advisor and the agents would benefit more from financially. So going back to the original point of Giles saying, well, I'll get 10 million for Forestieri, who can I go and buy? You can buy who you presented with. You can't go and pick your players. Mm. And the pro- and the and my my like more than not selling players was the fact that they bought so many players or had so many players in that we put on ridiculous contracts for how much money for however long we put them on a wage where some of them were happy to rot on bench in reserves mm. or in twenty threes. But the thing is, because chances- no one else would take them but on it- anything anywhere near. But they were on an hour bench. In Chancery's defence on that one, to be fair, like what Giles said at the top, we were in, I won't say in a mess, but the club weren't great at the time when, before Chancery came in. So obviously in the second and third season, yeah, it's it's more of an attractive proposition, isn't it? Because of where we got to in that that season when we got to Wembley. But when you look at, you know, are you going to sign for a, are you going to sign for a club that's finished 15th or 16th in the championship? But then, if they if they dangle the big if they dangle the carrot and say we're going to pay you X, Y, and Z, then you're like on the on the well, flip actually, side. Then. On the flip side of what's been mentioned however many times on the podcast in the last year, it's Sheffield Wednesday. We're a massive club. You're it in has the champ- a pull. It has a draw before. No, Sheffield Wednesday has this draw apparently over anything, over the money. Before you even talk about money, it has this draw. So. Did we have to pay those ridiculous wages? And I'm talking. I'm not talking about you, the players that did well. I'm not talking about the players that did well. So what players fl- talking about? Fletcher. Because I'm sure the well, what players are talking about. Because I'm telling you, the players that you probably are talking about probably had other teams interested in them, or their agent has made out that they have other teams, which has then obviously put you know the advisors and the chairman into a position where thinking, shit, we're going to lose this player because that's what agents do, right? They're clever. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm just saying that's a bigger issue than not selling players to me. Having these players on ridiculously long contracts, which fair enough, might not be Transiri's fault. It might be the advisor's fault. 
be added yeah. advisors, but whatever. Do you know you've, I'm, no, what I'm saying yeah. is the agents have pulled their pants down a little bit, hundred percent. I'm just saying we had players there and probably offered him contracts and contracts. Well, you got when you got a squad size of forty one, and you've only got rid of four. You know, you've you've got rid of nine players. <laughs> it tells you that you've got. 100%. A load of deadwood sat there that you've probably offered too much money. No other club will take them and they don't want to go to another club because they're happy getting three grand more than what any other club will pay them. Yeah. And that was the culture. Do you think when we got some of the players in, we offered them more money than what they were on when we bought them, like like Cooper and Forestieri and like Padilla? Do you think we give them a little pay rise or do you think we just matched the ways that were on before? So I reckon that has a bit to do with it sometimes, doesn't it? If you, well, I'm hearing, I'm hearing that Fletcher and Hooper were on 25, 30 grand a week. Now, listen, I don't know how true that is. Yeah, but were they, were they, were they on? Did they come to Wednesday and then get? Well, they, what was Fletcher? Where was Fletcher? Where did we get Fletcher from? He was on a free. He was on a free, weren't he? From Sunderland, but he, he just left Sunderland. Yeah, but I heard of Sunderland. He was fifty grand a week. So he's a free transfer. He's probably thinking he's taking the pay cut. He's obviously probably got a good few other options, Fletcher. In my eyes, that's probably why the chairman's given him 25, 30 grand a week. Do you think Stop. he also looked at the length of the contract? Did we offer him a three-year deal and other clubs might have only been offering him two? Possibly. Could, possibly. could he get 30 grand a week for three years or could he go and get 35 grand a week for two years from another club? And he's looked, he's looked at security and longevity. Could also be, you know, coming to play didn't as he well. get, Didn't he get bought an RA as a signing on fee as well? Or was that that's why Forestieri riding around on a chopper. Yeah, with his pockets turned inside out. <laughs> why yeah. couldn't I have? Why couldn't I have their agent? <laughs> well, yeah, that, exactly. You, instead, you're rolling around in an Audi A, A1 or whatever it is, Giles. You, 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 just, you, just, you were just two years, just two years out of it, Giles. That's all it was. Oh just, god, I missed the boat. Then uh... <laughs> a year, a year or two out, mate. That's all it was for you. Bro. I could have, I could have had them advisors, couldn't I? Yeah, <laughs> what what we're trying to say. So actually, in this in this case, you were a bit too early, weren't you, Giles? Rather than being too late, yeah. like you are for everything else. Giles is on. Giles is looking at who those first advisors were and getting onto Grimsby chairman. Oh, I think you should uh, <laughs> give these boys a job. <laughs> exactly. Oh, another thing I want to talk about um, is the fake sponsors. I can't. I, we can't not talk about Chan Siri and and not talk about the D-taxes and the elevates of this world. Because, uh, yeah, I ordered a D-taxi and I'm still waiting for it and got to get that joke in there. Um, I mean, one of the first things he did was obviously remove SWFC from the North Stand and and replace it with his name. We then had Elevate, who apparently are, are drinks, you know, a sports drink manufacturers one minute and then next minute they're making the kit and, and some gym wear and stuff, which I've no idea what they do. Um, then obviously, yeah, the, the, the D taxes as well, which all I've seen is a, some, some black bins on, on North stand. That's all, that's all I've seen with their name on it. Um, obviously we've not had a shirt sponsor since, uh, since Chancery came in as well. I mean, is he kind of missing a trick by not, you know, if it, you know, we say he's a businessman, but surely the the business way of things doing it would be to get money in from elsewhere, or is he is, again? Yeah. Does, that, does that come down to being poorly it's advised? Because obviously, it's strange, isn't it? Because in my eyes, it's not. Is it not just him pumping more money into the club? Yeah, that, that's that. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> in a, how it yeah, is. In a 
I don't think he's that stupid. He's obviously done that for a reason, right? We don't know, but there's obviously a reason why he's changed. You know, uh, oh no, but it's it, it's, 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 it's it's to pump money into the club. But, so. so so you can't you can't knock him because he wants to put more money into the club and whatever else. Because he's basically said he came out and said a few years ago. I can't remember how long ago it was. It's like I'll take Chanzeri off the shirt when someone pays us over whatever amount it was he, that he said that he's put that so, he's putting in. So it's basically a way for him to pump more money into the club through these companies when it's actually him just putting more money into the club, which is fair. You can't, you can never say that he's not put. Tax? I don't know. I think he's. I think he's what Liam's. Liam's. It's the whole Man City thing, isn't it? You know, they nearly got done for it, didn't they? With, you know, with the um, is it Etihad in it and and what have you? That's that's their company that they own, and they you know they can just sponsor the the shirts for an absolutely ridiculous amount of money, which is how they you know how they put put the you know put it in, but. It, it, I mean, from the outside looking in, it does look a bit embarrassing, doesn't it? You know, when you when you when you see it all, and you know, from you know, look at you know the shirts and what have you. Think obviously this season or last season, sorry, we've we've had a, a decent shirt manufacturer. I know it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't change what happens on the football field, but as a fan, you know, um, you know, when you're going out and buying these shirts and what have you, um, you know, it's it, it does it does mean a lot and what have you, but. It, I just think, I just feel like it was just a mistake as well that not to you know football's awash with money from sponsors you know companies throwing money at football clubs left right and center obviously we don't know what that sort of numbers are but for for me it just looks like he's missed not missed the trick but we could have I'm sure there's sponsors out there that that would be that would pump money into Sheffield Wednesday but now it's almost like we can't we can't find any um, but yeah it's just um, just one of those. I mean, do, do you think it's Tom? Do you think it's right or wrong? What what he's what he's done in terms I think of it's a collective across these fake companies and whatever he's doing. I think he, he's putting the maximum in he's allowed to do, and that's the reason he's doing it. I think his intentions are good. I just think the way that he's doing it's not ethically or morally right. Um, however, like I said, if somebody can come in um, and match what he's putting in, I think he'd gladly say, "Yeah, brilliant, do it." But yeah, the shirts from the other year were an absolute farce. Um, the elevate, I've I've only ever seen it on our shirts. I've never I've never been gone online and it's by this gym top or gone into a sports shop and it's there as a like an Under Armour or or another brand and fake taxi. I've I've, I've not. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute joke. Like I've, yeah, like you said, it's still waiting for it. So. I think he's trying to pump money in and I think he's trying to do it without getting penalised again, let's, let's just say. Yeah. I've got, I've got a question for everyone as well. Do, do, do you think Chan Siri loves Sheffield Wednesday? Like, you know, Ben, you love Sheffield Wednesday. I think if you, you cut your arm off, it'll be, you know, blue and white inside and what have you. And does Chan Siri love Sheffield Wednesday? I think, yeah, I think, I think he does. I don't, it's hard to say because you don't really. I think nowadays you're probably spoiled with like knowing things about your chairman and all that. You never really used to like know the word of the OCL or and now you, you know things about them, you know things about their private life and you know how much money they earn and how much they're worth and all that. But yeah, I, th- I think he does. I think he does want to succeed. And I, I, I think when he, you know, he, he would see him round ground and he'd shake people's hands and he'd see him in shop. And I've seen him a few times in shop with his, with his fan members and that. And he were, he were buying stuff from shop, but he were paying cash and paying, got his platinum 
American Express card out. Do you know what I mean? And I thought he'd just like get it all for free. But he were like buying his family thing. So yeah, I think he does. I think he does care about us. Yeah. I think Liam, he does. Do you think, do you, does he love Sheffield Wednesday? Chance era? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think no. I think he does, and I'm not. I never question. I'll never question his intentions. Uh, he obviously, you wouldn't put that much money into something if you weren't asked about it. Hold on a but, second. You got battered him about ten minutes ago. Buddy. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll batter him. I'll batter him as how he's run the club. <laughs> Hello, to Mr. Be honest, John Siri. Hello. <laughs> Can I have a picture? Yeah. Can I have a picture? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have your autograph, please, Mr. Chantiri? <laughs> um, to be honest, I think the first couple of years, it was it treated like it was a bit of a vanity project, to be honest. Um, that's free, the way it came sun. across. That's the way it came across. And I think if you look at a lot of football clubs, and especially if you want to be, you know, your Chelsea's, your whoever, I don't do. Do many of them make money as a business? Roman Abramovich is owed what? One hundred and fifty billion million. What is it? It's a crazy amount of money. Isn't it? So, yeah, I don't know if you did ever see it as a business. Was it a vanity project? And it is actually, yeah. And like I say, I, I'm not saying you don't care about it because, like I say, you wouldn't throw that much money at it if you didn't care. Yeah, you wouldn't be and pump, pumping in half a million pound a, a week, would you, or losing that much money? And my, and my real view on it is, I don't question his intentions, but you don't run a business. You know, it, it good intentions get you nowhere if you don't do it right. <laughs> so I don't question him as a bloke or his intentions, but everything could have been done a lot better in my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, Giles, do you, do you think he loves Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, I do. I think maybe the first few years he's like everyone's saying he's bought something, pumped money, thinking he could maybe, you know, get the um, Sheffield Wednesday promoted into the Premier League and then possibly, you know, double his money, triple his money and move on. Maybe that was his intentions. I don't know. But he definitely, his intentions were he wanted to get the club into the Premier League as soon as possible. Okay, it hasn't worked, but over time, he's been there seven and a half years. I'm sure now, or I don't know when, but I'm sure at this point in time, he definitely loves Sheffield Wednesday and he's attached to the club. How can you not be attached? You've been there seven and a half years, players get attached. So for me, why would the chairman not, not be? And like everyone's saying, he's pumped so much money into the club. Yeah, well, I'll, ask you, I'll ask you the flip question. Like, then, do you think he's ever fallen out of love with the club at times? Because I mean, it's been tough, hasn't it, John? There's been some really dark, dark times in these recent 100%, years. Because in life, you have ups and downs. In football, you have the ups and downs. So, yeah, you know, when fans are battering him, saying Chinseri out, Chinseri out, of course he's probably thinking, "Well, fuck you, then." Or, you know, let me try and sell. Let me try and get out of this. But then, obviously, he probably calms down like we all do after a few days and goes, yeah, oh, listen, reality is they're angry. Duh, 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 duh. Let's try and, you know, get back on, you know, get back on the level and, and, and start and start doing things do think, right. And- do you think it took too long? I think like what you were saying earlier, Giles, that he's quite stubborn because I think it took too long for him to actually take on board what the fans were actually saying to him. And to be completely honest with you, I think he's lucky that that season was in COVID that it when it was. Yeah, so I, I, think there might, I think there might have been protests outside the ground like there was years ago. I'm not going to lie to you. No, I, I, think, pro- I think you're right. I honestly think you're spot on there. But you know I why? I think that saved him. 
Do you know why I think he's so stubborn as well? Because in his first two years, in his head, he'll be thinking he did it right. So in his way, he'll be in his head, he'll be thinking, well, what I did was working. So I, yeah, I don't need anybody to start fucking telling me this and telling me that. I nearly got Sheffield Wednesday into the Premier League in my first two years. Do you know what I mean? So in his head, he's going to be stubborn. He's yeah. going to be stubborn. And, and, and that's probably his downfall. That oh, is 100%. His downfall. He's a proud 100%. bloke, isn't he? He's obviously a proud, a proud man. Like, he's obviously done other things before he came to us and whatever else. But I do think he waited too long to actually listen to what the fans I wanted. Yeah, I think, I think you're right what you're and saying now, there. And now he's kind of turned his tune and wants to kind of... Obviously, he wants to make up for it. He obviously wants to try and get us back up and maybe sell us. I don't know, but... He's, listen, he's learned he's, so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's learned so much over the last seven years. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, all probably, it's probably all also, without, again, it sounding negative and whatever else, but it's... It's because it got to a point where it probably was either he had to book his ideas up or it went insolvent. Mm. Yeah, see, we're getting. I mean, I think you're right in what you're saying, Liam. You know, he has been quite stubborn and and kept by his, you know, what his thoughts are. And it's easy to say things in it after the event. It's easy to say something's you know seven and a half years down the line that that we you know we shouldn't should have done this and should have done that. I know I'm I'm sure there's people screaming saying, yeah, but at the time. You know, and I knew we should have done this, and I knew we should have done that, and, and everything, and, and I'm sure they were. But you know, I think you know, Giles, I think you're right as well. You know, two years we got to the playoff final, then we get to the the semi final. Even though the second season weren't as as good as a, in terms of it didn't feel as good, but we actually got more points than we did in the in the first season. So you know, obviously, yeah, the games against Huddersfield, the less less spoke about them, the better. To be perfectly honest, but you know. And then it's almost like it's like any, it's like anything you know. At the time, you think, "Oh, things will change. They're not going to be as as bad as what they're going to be." But it just kind of got it just kind of snowballed, didn't it? And got worse and worse. And and yeah, here we are now. Where just before we talk about like current you know situation where we are now, um, just want to touch on the stadium as well. Now, obviously, we've sold the stadium to to try and balance the books. But I mean, we failed to do that as well, you know, because that, that didn't help us, did it? You know, we, a bit of a fuck up in terms of the accounts and and when we did it and, you know, which meant that we, we got the, the the points deduction and everything. Um, I mean, how, how much of the, how much is the club worth now without a, without a stadium, you know, a league one, no stadium, players with little or no resaleable value. Like, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound great, does it, Ben, when you, when you, when you tell it like that? No, it don't, it don't paint a pretty, uh, a pretty picture, but I think he intentions were were good for the for this stadium sale again, trying to um, bring money in. Do you know what I mean? They, they must they must they must have been thinking there's no other way to bring money in. Obviously, someone said to him, "Well, you can sell stadium if you want. That'll bring you that'll bring you a couple a couple of Eight, 80, million, 80 million or something like that. It was something ridiculous, yeah, just, weren't it? Just like the fake sponsors here and there, and that sort, like you were talking about earlier, it's it's ways for him to to bring money in. Because obviously, you, you're not going to get a no disrespect to fans, because obviously we, we we're great, but you're not going to bring a lot of money in with, when you've got 23,000 fans every week. Are you? Do you know what I mean? So we were he needed quick cash. So his intentions were then if it would have if it would have pulled off and worked, then it'd have been great, wouldn't it? But 
it didn't, so it come to it come to bite us. Tom, do, do you see the fact that we sold the stadium a worry, or, or you're not that bothered about it? Really, it's just it's what it is. No, but it is what it is. It's trying to generate more revenue, more income for for the club. Um, I think if he ever sold up, it, it'd all go together. I, I don't think he'd make it out of Sheffield or whatever country alive if he tried to do something to ground because obviously it's, it's it's history to us and the fans and people before our time and people after our time. It's going to be where it is unless we knock it down and build a brand new shiny one, but that's up for a discussion. Some people say don't bother. Some people say do. Some people say let's sell some naming rights to it and then people are saying he closed bills. So there's a massive, obviously, question mark about the ground, but I'm all up for legitimately trying to get as much revenue and income for the club as possible if it can reflect on the playing squad. I'm not bothered if the club shop doubles in size. I'm not bothered if we move training grounds because that's not the issue. The issue is we need to improve the the players on the pitch to get us out of this league and then go from there again. That that's that's the key thing. But we need to be clever about it. We've all we spoke about throwing money in right at the start. We spoke about high wages. Yes, we can spend now. But don't do what we did previously because it's just going to be a cycle. Because if we we play all those hands like we did in that first year and we don't make it, we're just going to be back in the same position in three years down the line. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we might as well go into the current situation. Then, like Liam, do you, do you think Chan series starting to learn from some some of his mistakes? I mean, you could argue that it's probably took him took him five years too late. To be fair, but I mean, yeah, from- I think, and I think he just there was just the last bit on the previous. There was no disaster plan. I've said it before on previous pods. There was no plan. If this goes tits up, what are we going to do? And it all snowballed from there, didn't it? And let's be honest, it's all the stadiums trying to avoid deductions for not playing, paying players, whatever else we were going to get done for. And we still fucked that up. So he may as well not bother doing, may as well just taking it before. But, uh, <laughs> but so yeah, you do, I think, yeah, you do, you do think like that, don't you? At times? We'll see. We'll see in this window. I think we'll see in this window whether he has changed his uh, changed his tune or whether whether it's still the same old. Uh, you know, we can spend money again, we're going to go mad. I can't see it because he's obviously so already so much out of pocket or whatever. Um, and I do think the signings that came in last season, I believe, were the manager's choice. Yeah, I mean, but um, you look at some of the other things that have happened, though, you know, um, it looks like Darren Moore last season, they were mainly his signings. I think that's quite, quite kind of fair to say. I don't know for definite, but it, it certainly looks that way. It looks like he's taken more of a, a back step. Obviously, he's brought in a, is it a chief operating of, officer in Liam Dooley, who's kind of managing more day-to-day tasks. I mean, there's other things like, you know, the kit launch, that, that, that were different and a, and a good idea that we've never not seen for a while. I mean, that kit launch when uh, that that Giles did that time looked really exciting from that from that picture. <laughs> but uh, you know, live music on the last game of the season that was quite you know that was something a bit different. Um, you know, starting to see some all right only small sponsors and other you know brands that I've never heard of before. But it looks like he's looking uh, yeah, down that think, sort of route. I think kind of when I said earlier about how the COVID break in terms of the fans not getting on his back saved it. I think the COVID break and him not being in the country meant he had to let someone else do it. And they've done it for a period of time. And he's actually thought, hmm, yeah, maybe I, mean, I don't have to do everything and 
make all the decisions and whatever else. Yeah, so, I mean, other things, it's obviously got rid of all the players on the big wages, which, you know, you could argue that some of them could have could have probably stayed, um, you know, if he, if he, I suppose obviously money money dictates that, and he's looking and thinking I can't can't afford him, and he probably wanted to get rid of him a lot earlier than what than what we did. But you know, Tom, do you, do you think he's starting to learn? Are you seeing are you seeing positive steps from the way that he's running the club at the moment? Well, yeah, from obviously last preseason, I do. I probably believe most of the signings that was made, barring Silasau. Um, Canberra were, were players that Darren Moore would be well connected with, know what they're about. I think the players overseas was recommended and at that time we didn't know what we could do or who we could get so we've gone and got them and as as it's proved throughout the season those two players haven't really featured that much but the others that Moore's brought in that I believe him and his new recruitment team have worked well together and they've brought in some some good players and this, some of them are still here um, I think Chancellor's learned from that. I think he's learned to listen to football people, to look at the football operation side of it and not get in his friends and advisors who can make a quick book to put players into our club that are just there for money. I think he's learned that side of it. And I think that is where we'll see the benefit, hopefully, this pre-season. We need to see what we had last pre-season, but just a little bit more quality bit more pace, uh, maybe players with a bit more League One experience, um, some young some young players coming in as well, like a nice mix rather than... Because last, last uh, pre-season, it felt like we were just sort of trying to get whatever we could to beef the squad out at, at that moment in time. So we, I don't think we knew we were going to get Lee Gregory because I think if we, we knew we were going to get Lee Gregory, I don't think we'd have signed Sal and Canberra. Do you agree with that? Or I agree a little bit late coming in then, was he? Yeah, I think he was. Oh, yeah, then you're right. Yeah. Yeah, he was like last week, last like the last week, weren't he, of the of like the pre season kind of thing when he when he came in. And yeah, I think you I think you're right, really. That yeah, this this we had too many, didn't we? Too many like wingers and too many well, forwards as they as they were, which you know we didn't really need, did we? I think yeah, I think if he leaves the football side of it to the football people. And like you mentioned there, the improvements of like the kit launch, is it the Sherlock's, the band? Is that, is that yeah, 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 that's... Getting them involved against Sunderland. That, I mean, for them, that'll be absolutely unbelievable. Sheffield lads being fans and, and, and doing that. And I think get, it feels like there's a bit of a disconnect from the club and the city and getting people into the ground. And the more they can do within the city and surrounding areas, the more it's going to raise the profile of the club. And it doesn't have to cost the earth to do it. Yeah. And that comes down to his operations team. That comes down to the other side of the business. He doesn't have to be out there doing it, but he has to sort of want to see results. Yeah, definitely. You know what it comes down to, it comes down to, to be successful. Any chairman that wants to be successful has to have a good team around him. So Tom, you're spot on there. The chairman can't do it all on his own. But he's tried you know to I mean? do it on his own, hasn't he? For, for, for exactly. six and a half years, yeah. And then he's tried to bring people in, like we've, we've, we've kept saying, you know, friends and advisors that have been poor, 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 you know, so... But, but he's brought them in on like kind of unofficial grounds, if you know what I mean. They're not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they're not being officially appointed as a whatever. Exactly. They're, they're just like his go-to they, man who is sub, subcontracted out kind of thing. And they and made their money through their transfers, as I mentioned know. earlier. Sorry, they make their money through recommending their players, and that's the reason why yeah, they yeah, exactly. their players. It's like if so, Giles has got an, an agent and an advisor, and 
we we speak to that agent and advisor, that advisor will get paid if Giles joins Wednesday. If he doesn't join Wednesday, he's not going to get paid. So yeah. that's and it and it's a friend of the chairman. That's how it's yeah, yeah. how it's worked. I just well, think yeah. people need to be, you know, have specific jobs, you know, and do things properly, you know, build up a team of good people that have good intentions. And if you have, a, you know, if you can manage a team, as a, if a chairman can manage, you know, a team of, you know, backroom staff in the right way, that, you know, that's where you're halfway there. You know, you, you, you're on the right track to being successful. Yeah, I mean, Giles, obviously you've played for a range of different clubs and what have you, obviously different chairmen and, and, and stuff. Like, you know, you don't need to name names or where, but like, how do you, what do you think is the best in terms of, how much involvement a chairman has in a club? Because it seems like, you know, Chance here at the start had quite a lot of involvement because it was only him and no one else. But do you think they need to be as involved or do they think well, they just need to just, just not be involved whatsoever? I know you were saying at one club, you know, the chairman was in the in the dressing room at one at one time. Yeah, too involved, way too. It's like the chairman, I'm not going to name the team, the chairman, it's like he wanted to be the kit man, he wanted to be the manager, he wanted to be the coach. You know, he wanted to be everything. That's never going to work. Never ever is that going to work, um, and that was a disaster. But yeah. I bet you've been playing. I bet you've been at clubs where you've probably don't even know who the chairman is. Well, that's you. what I was going to say. When I was young, started off, you know, my first club, hardly had any. Didn't even see the chairman really for my two years there. Moved on again. Didn't really see the chairman. Went to Motherwell. Didn't really see the chairman. So it's like, you know, even even at Sheffield Wednesday when when I signed, um, and who was the chairman who signed me now? Deal. It was Howard Wilkinson, was it? Does that ring a bell? It might yeah. have been sporting director or something involved. Sporting director. Yeah. I think he was the one, yeah, I think yeah. at the time. And then obviously it was uh Mandarich that, that took over. Yeah. But again, yeah. we didn't really have any, you know, any connections or any anything really with a chairman. I've never really experienced it, uh, I'll be honest with you. But I, listen, times are changing a bit with 2022, I think. You know, even at the club I'm at at the moment, Grimsby, you know, I've got a great relationship with a chairman um, personally, but I wouldn't say he comes to the ground all the time and he's, you know, he's being busy and he's he's there every day. No, he might come, you know, once every month, once every couple of months just to check and say hello to the players, which is which is fine. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. when you're, you're too involved and you're, you're starting to come into changing rooms and start, because then you, you what for me? Why is a chairman coming into to changing rooms? You've got a manager that does that. Yeah, you know, you don't you don't need to. That's just my opinion, right? Other chairmen might think, listen, that's my club. I want to do it, but I just, as a player, I don't see why a chairman, after a game, before a game, would come into a, um, into the dressing room to start talking to the players, honestly. And that goes back to what I mentioned earlier. Let football people run the football side of it. Exactly. It's like it's like if we if 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 Giles managed a football team and then somebody who's a mechanic but owns that football team comes in and starts telling them <laughs> that's, what to do. That's exactly what I was going to say. You are spot on there. Because the thing is, if the chairman was an ex-footballer and he knows about football or he's been around football in some capacity, then maybe he would be more involved. But he's qualified to be more involved. He sells fish, tuna. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah, tuna as well, by is, the way. John, that, John West. That's also that's <laughs> also <laughs> that's also why it, for me I question: Did he buy it as a business? 
because you wouldn't hire the people you hired if you were bought it as a business. I just think right. he was a bit naive, though, Liam. I think he was very naive mm. when he Yeah, but is it, surely he's a businessman that's worth that much money and has made yeah, that but, much money doing other things. You can't be that naive. football was different. He must have thought football was different. Well, the, you know, I could do it my way. I could do it this way. That's what... Yeah, uh, don't get me. Let's be honest. He's learned the hard way. Yeah, and, and is it stubbornness? Is it a bit of cockiness? Cockiness, naivety. It, it could be a few it's things. A, you know, he's not the, like, and I'm not... He's not the only chairman that where it's gone tits up, is it, so... When he first came in, I think he looked at the bigger picture and I think he came in and he thought, oh, they're making a lot of money. I want to I want to broaden my horizon and buy a football club and make loads of money. And then... <laughs> it's all gone Pete Tong, hasn't it, really? And, uh, yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I don't think he... Nobody wanted this to be in this situation, did they, really? When you look at, you know, like I said, I've mentioned it a couple of times already, losing half a million pound a week. Um, obviously, that was last year than the year where we got relegated so i'm sure that's going to be a lot lot less now um but yeah i mean what what just i mean just moving forward i, I honestly think that i don't think i mean we mentioned it and we touched on it on last week's show with the controversial opinions but i don't think that we'll be in the premier league with chan serious as the chairman because i just don't think he's gonna i think we could, I think we could. I, I just don't think he's good because you've got there's a, there's a few you know um, a few clubs that have made it to the Premier League without spending a vast amount of money you know our dear neighbours down the road they didn't really spend a great deal they, you know they did it with pretty much the same team that they had in League One Luton have done quite well this season you know yeah there's other smaller you know Brentford you know they've not splashed the cash to get there yes Burnley yeah Burnley maybe but then you look at other clubs like um, Wolves is the obviously the the big one that that they just bought the way to the uh, bought them way to the Premier League. You look how much how much you know like Fulham are spending on the wages and what have you, and Bournemouth and why stuff do you like think, that. Why do you think he, he you know we can't do it with him in charge? Well, I, your- I, I just the amount of money that he's lost in the club at the moment. I just think personally, he'll, he just he wants to get to the Championship. The club will be worth X amount. It might be worth you know a decent amount. And he's probably just going to cut his losses and just and just walk. Really? He's not got. He's not got a. I don't know how much chance he is worth. I don't know what his bank balance says, but it's not a bot. You know, it's not a bottomless pit, is it? Do you know what I mean? He's. It's not. Um, when you're losing half a million pound a week, twenty was it twenty three, uh, twenty twenty six million pound mm. in it's a, a year. That is a lot. Of, <laughs> it's not just like no, it's a lot of money. I'm not. Do you know what I mean? It, and way, but we've nearly done it with him. We were so yeah. close. But do you but, think? Do you not had think to, he had to spend thirty? Yeah, he had to spend twenty odd million pound on yeah, transfer think, fees. Why not have to do that again? Do you not think? Do you not think the way that he was, and the way that it's taken him this long to come round to when it didn't go well, I don't think would have been up there more than two seasons with him. We'd be a lot better off financially, though, wouldn't we? To be fair. Mm, yeah, and you might have been, and them going up and down, up and down, up and down, but. I could just see him going up there and signing fucking Ibrahimovic on <laughs> daft money a year at the end of his career. I'm, that's just an example. Do you Matt know what Le- I mean? He'd be, be signing Matt Letizia yeah. or something. Get the, get the band back together. Carl and Palmer <laughs> would be back. Would be back on uh, in, in central centre midfield. See, I think I think we I think we could based on what you said there, James, because there's clubs that's done it on less on smaller budgets: Brentford, Burnley, Sheffield United. 
Luton nearly, well, not nearly, but they got into the playoffs. They've done very well. Um, so the proof's there. We don't have to throw loads of money at it. It's, again, what Giles was saying, and we've said all along between us and here, letting the right people do the right things within the club because they're, they've not got any more people in recruitment or any more people in, on the football side of it at these other clubs. They're just smarter in the way that they work and the business that they do. The only thing I would say about Brentford is it looks very good, but if you look at the amount of agent fees they pay, it's one of the highest. So they'll get all these players in that look quite cheap, but they are paying the other way around. So it doesn't look like you know, on the on the like the transfer budget. So so just bear that in mind. But with with Chancera, I do think yes, we were that close, and I do think we could get there again. But it will be a long time if he keeps dipping his toe in with these people in getting involved in the football side of things. Then no. But if he lets the people do what they know. Then I can't see any reason why not. But I'd rather I'd rather it take time. I'd rather it take ten years if it means we're going to have a stint at the top. Yeah. Or or not risk going bust, not being able to play pay players. Even if you know, even if say it took seven years and we had a couple three years in the prem, and we came back down and we're a top end championship club. Ooh. I'd I'd settle for that if it took time. I'd Honestly, rather be. We need to look at the the first step is get out of where we are now, be, be solid in there and then try and push on again. Because the, people say the club's a Premier, Premier League club. It's not, believe it or not. We've been out of it twice as long as we was in it. We're not a Premier League club. So fans need to chill out with that. We are where we are. We deserve to be where we are at this moment in time. I think we're a mid-table championship club on the last, was it, 20 years maybe on average? Yeah. You've, you've I, I just think, you know what? I just think if the chairman gets the right team around him, gets the right manager, gets the right gets the recruitment right, we, we obviously need a bit of luck on our side. There's no reason why we can't get, you know, back into the Premier League. There's no reason why we can't. I'm telling you now. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ben, you were going to say something. Yeah, I just, I just hope, I think, I think he's going to go um, in an ideal situation. I think he's, I probably mentioned it before, like I say, come in, splash the cash, didn't work out. I think now he's kind of, he's gone through rock bottom stage. Do you know what I mean? And he's got to, he's got to pick himself up. And I think he's, he's going to learn more by running the club the way he has been this last season and the way he's got to in the future. I think he's going to learn a lot more about football himself and like I say if he gets the right people around him yeah I mean what it's like a footballer in it one minute you're at, you're at top and you're doing well and you go on a bit of a binge and you, your footballing career's over and then you, you, you get a you get another spark and you and you crack on and then you you're up again aren't you do you know what I mean and I think I do I do hope that Chancer will go through that I think he's I think he's at rock bottom as a as a chairman but hopefully he can like learn from his mistakes and and, uh, and and run a football club the proper way. Do you know what I mean? Run a run a football club like others do successfully. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just going back a little bit, but didn't he try to bring people in that were football pe- football people as well? Weren't they that that woman from Charlton as well that he that he tried to. To bring Glenn in, came as well, didn't he? yeah, Glenn, Glenn Rhoda, yeah, and and Glenn Rhoda, all... Adam Adam Pearson, 
We're Glenn Road not already there and when when no, he put him on. He put him on. Well, he, that that was committee, weren't it? Glenn Roder and then Adam. I'm sure Adam Pearson. They yeah, like, there, there was that woman from Charlton as well. There, from we're kicking off about the the woman. The yeah. the woman from Charlton. She didn't do. She she didn't do no. She she ruined Charlton. Didn't she saw a little bit of a daft. A bit of a daft well, thing. Well, so, but they they all came in and they all went as quickly as what they came in, didn't they? So you know, I think I, th- I think that comes down to what Giles was saying with Chan Series stubbornness and well, not, he not doesn't want, he doesn't want to be advised. What I said at top, <laughs> that, yeah, that just proves he doesn't yeah, want to be advised. He probably didn't. Like I said, he probably didn't in the beginning. Yeah, well, now, like I said, what he was doing was right. He's probably learned and he's and he's learned exactly. He's obviously now been in the game for a while now, and he's seen you know. The, the the things that have worked, the things that haven't, he, he's definitely learning as he's going along. And I do think that now over the next three, four years, I think you're going to see a different chairman. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, fingers uh, fingers crossed. Just going to uh, going to wrap it up there. Uh, thanks everyone for for listening. As always, if you have enjoyed it, then please leave uh, a rating or a review. Don't forget as well that we've got the uh, transfer rumor mill on Twitter Spaces every Wednesday eight o'clock. Um, if you if you missed that and you want to catch the replay, then you can get that on Patreon patreon.com forward slash wtid pod. If you want to sign up, massive thanks to all the new people that have signed up uh, in the past couple of weeks as well nearing that 100 mark for uh, Patreon subscribers which is absolutely massive so thank you very much for that um, yeah obviously we'll be as always we're going to be carrying on throughout the course of the uh, of the summer months and what have you until the football returns so if you have got any thoughts on what episodes you want us to do um, then do drop us a drop us a message you can do that on uh, on Twitter it's at WTID pod over on there so thank you very much everyone uh, massive thanks to Tom and Ben for joining us uh, this evening do really appreciate it so yeah cheers guys away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.